Support for this podcast comes from Chex Mix. Not the snack, but the username of our first and only review on iTunes. You rock Chex Mix. From Pop Chips, an actual snack that isn't actually sponsoring us, but has fueled us through the first two episodes of this show. Is it popcorn? Is it a chip? We still don't know. And of course, from Tap Water, the beverage that has kept us cool during this December's heat wave. I'm Julie. And I'm Maeve. And this is Overwater. that happens while chatting over water. We've nixed the frosted mugs this week and Julie and I are currently um, sipping some really luxurious water. We tried to track down Aquapana. Aquapana, yeah. Aquapana. Yeah. Which is the um, water that our first guest on episode one, Jill Goodwin, recommended to us. Unfortunately, they don't really sell Aquapana at our usual shopping centers. 7-Eleven. Dwayne Reed. Rite Aid. Yeah, they don't sell it there. I don't want it, you know? (laughs) So instead, Maeve actually, she sprung for... I found the most glorious thing. It's this brand of water called Saratoga, which I used to serve as the water girl at a restaurant when I was 18. And I haven't seen it since, but that was my line. Whenever I uh, went up to a table, I would just be like, Hi, I'm Maeve. Would you like sparkling spring or tap water? And they would always say, Sparkling, please. (laughs) I hate sparkling water. Yeah. It hurts when you drink it. It hurts when you drink it and then it gets to your stomach and it's like, I'm gonna make you bloated. Before we get started, we just wanted to thank you guys for your support for episode one. Honestly, we got so much awesome feedback. We heard from so many of you guys. A lot of people we haven't heard from in a while, which was super cool. Yeah, thanks for listening. I think you guys liked it more than we did. <laughs> really. No, it's, it's yeah, I think that's true, actually. Before we begin, though, remember how in episode one we said our microphone was $43? That becomes pretty obvious this episode, and we ask you to forgive us. The sound quality is not perfect, or even close to perfect. At one point, you could even hear a booming bass in the background. Yeah, there was a party going on. We were not invited. Sadly, not invited. (laughs) This is a segment that we like to call Five Minute Stories. We, uh, we have three guests who all have a background in storytelling, and they're telling holiday-themed stories. So we figured it's the new year, you guys are probably driving back from being home, going on vacation, um, so hopefully you can see a little bit of yourself in these holiday stories. Let's get to it! football weight yet so every room I walk into gets smaller immediately um so I'm working on that this is Brandon fun fact Brandon played football at Notre Dame ever heard of it when we caught Brandon he was packing his bags to move to LA to start a new show with Fox Sports he has a dog named Roadblock 
and he once kissed the creator of The Daily Show on the lips. I grew up in two different places, uh, very different places, one being Detroit, Michigan, and the other one being Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, the only really difference about those two places is um, one place, the percentage of African Americans is 80%, and the other one's 15 so it was just it was just different because like when you walked outside and you looked around how dark the pigment is on people's faces um i'll let you decide <clears throat> which city was had the higher amount of black people but um my parents got a divorce when i was um two years old they lived out in actually la or uh, orange county and then we moved back uh, to the midwest and my dad lived in Detroit, he was a homicide detective there, and my mom lived in Louisville, Kentucky, and she was a teacher. Um, and the whole divorce two Christmases thing that uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Raleigh did on uh, Talladega Nights, it was more like just like one Christmas, and it depends on which area that Christmas is gonna be in. Um, so this segues to holiday story. Um, in Detroit, uh, my dad, while the black people were, I just spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> my dad was really into Christmas and like the allure of uh, the mystery of Santa Claus and nothing being under the tree. And then we come back, wake up in the morning, and everything's under the tree. And he left out cookies that he ate. Uh, speaking of, we have cookies here, um, holiday spirit. And it was I couldn't sleep before. It was just uh, it was very very exciting. And um, I guess I was. At this point in time, I was probably around six, um, where Santa Claus was really exciting to me. Um, so that's what I was used to in Detroit. I went to Louisville, and my uh, my mother, who was, she wasn't married because she had a divorce with my dad. I think I mentioned that. Um, so when we had Christmas there, um, it was it was a bit different. It was... Uh, I think the, the the craziness of like, oh, things are here and things weren't there in the morning, uh, that went away one specific Christmas where my mother's boyfriend at the time, uh, I can't believe it, I don't know if it was Tim or Drew. Those are two was, really different names. Right. Tim was in a maximum, well, he was in a in prison and I give my mom shit to this day that she took us to prison to see her boyfriend. Tim, yeah. So that was that was that was fun. She she regrets it at this point. But anyways, I think one night it was. I mean, one night it was Christmas Eve. Some people call that night. Um, I was awakened by when I should have been sleeping, and my mom should have been setting up everything for Christmas morning. I was awakened by um, Tim or Drew playing with. Uh, the remote control cars that Santa was supposed to get me and um, me and my brother I had a brother on he wasn't mentioned until this point we came out and saw him and my mom putting gifts under the tree and him just kind of noticed like like I guess no regard to the mystery of Santa Claus and was just just putting stuff under the tree and, and playing with our toys that was going to be ours. And at that point in time, we needed some answers. Like, did Santa drive this off and you guys are just fucking around? Like, what's going on? And he said, no white man is giving you gifts. Your mom works for these and 
this is it. And then my mom started hitting my boy, stop. Why are you telling him that? Why are you telling him that? It's like they need to know. They need to know sooner or later that no white man's putting gifts on the tree. This is there's no Christmas, no Santa Claus. This is Christmas. You work for these gifts and this is theirs. And um, that was the end of Santa Claus. And I think I was probably seven. I guess, I don't know if that's early in the game for most people. When, I don't know when people for, like realize that Santa Claus isn't yeah. real. Yeah. Um, but my mom told me specifically not to tell the kids at school that uh, Santa Claus wasn't real. And uh, I just, I, I kind of, that's when I started feeling like I was above everyone else. I think that was the start of everything where I was just like, these peons <laughs> don't realize the hoax of the century. <laughs> this guy's coming. This is your parents. And that's why your better parents' job means better gifts. Santa Claus isn't racist. <laughs>Detroit, all the young kids I was with, the black kids, then when I was like younger and like told them, hey, you guys, and I was like, oh yeah, we knew the whole time. Everybody, like, it's, it, they, I feel like historically, I don't know if we have the numbers on this, but black kids find out sooner than white kids that Santa Claus isn't real. This is the conclusion you're I right. think like, that's like, so I'm saying, I don't know if I was at a disadvantage, I think it's just like, Growing up black. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a Cosby episode where like Ruby finds out that there's gotta be. There's, there's gotta, gotta be, be, right? Growing up, Tuesday night we would have an AA meeting at my house every week. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a women's meeting and it was my mom running it so she's older, so it was a lot of like older women. Um, and a lot of older lesbian women. So my mom would bring like a bunch of 60-year-old sober lesbian women to a comedy show where they're like, there's a two-drink minimum, and they're like yelling at them about it because they're like, you want me to sacrifice my sobriety? Oh my God. $6 for a Diet Coke. Amanda loves her mom. As you can tell, she's also a comedian. She moved to New York to pursue a career in stand-up. And, fun fact, she was in a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover band in seventh grade. Amanda sat down with us to tell us a story about her mom. Well, I told you guys about my mom. I'm an only child, raised by a single mom. So we were very close growing up. Uh, she's a drug and alcohol counselor, so it was like kind of a strict house, but not not crazy. Like she's a real, she's very fun and goofy. Um, but she does weird, she just handles the things that I want to do that she considers rebelling. She handles them weird. Like, uh she'll find a reason to do it so that she's not like okaying it, but it's like uh, still gonna happen. Like I wanted to get my belly button pierced for a while and she said no or whatever. And then my uh, dog died and she was like, let's get our belly buttons pierced. Like <laughs> let's create a new experience. It was like her idea was like that way this time every year, you're not thinking about the dog. It'll be like this goofy thing we did. Interesting. And it was still a way for her to be like, okay, I can let her do that thing. She's old enough, but I don't have to say I like it, you know? <laughs> But she always, like, finds a way to let me do the things that I want without necessarily, like, being like, yeah, get a bunch of tattoos or whatever. She makes it, like, this personal thing. So this one year, um, first of all, I believed in Santa Claus, like, way too long because I was the only child and there was no one around to tell me. Is there such a thing? I mean, I was, like, 14. No shit. Yeah. 
And like I was at the point where I would like start writing these letters to Santa, and I'd be like, Santa, I need hard evidence evidence of your existence. This explains to me the speed of your sleigh and how you're arriving at all these destinations. And my mom would write back as Santa and be like, oh, it's lots of magic involved. Or like eventually the last one when she was finally telling me, she was like, I exist, but I'm more of an idea. Like I'm not a physical form. I'm the feeling of, you know, this like these beautiful, I'm sure she like went over them forever and stuff. Uh, she, ke she kept them somewhere on like fancy like Santa Claus paper and stuff like that. <laughs> so she would always um, like wrap the presents from Santa in like spe special Santa. Did you guys? That. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, special paper that means it was from Santa and stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and I would like make a list and send it to her to Santa, and then sometimes I get a response before Christmas from Santa that was like some of these things aren't doable. Uh, like I <laughs> wrote one that was like explaining how we could have a pony. Oh. Like we lived in like a small townhouse, but I was like, there's like a, a little bit of a yard to the side where the dogs play, <laughs> and if I built a small shed, like we could keep a pony in there, and like all this stuff. And she would write back at Santa and be like, I don't know about that. Um, so I was 13, and which is a tricky time in a young woman's life, and I remember I had been in like PE class, you know how you always change in the locker rooms and everyone's discovering themselves, and I saw a girl changing and uh, she had a thong on, and that was like, what an adult lady. I was like, that is a woman. You know what I mean? Like, look at that. Amongst us kids. Yeah, I just have, like, my Thursday butt underwear on, you know? And just, like, I was like, I, it's time. I'm, I'm a teenager, you know? Like, I deserve this. And so I was talking to my mom about it, and I was like, I, for Christmas this year, I just want, like, some normal necessities, you know? Like, just some stuff that I could use, like, you know, some new underwear. And, like, I was thinking maybe I could get a thong. And she was like, absolutely not. Why? You want that up your butt? It's just going to be up your butt all the time, you know? <laughs> what, do you want people to see it? You know, all that stuff. Uh, and so she was like, absolutely not. And so I was like, I know what to do. Like, I know who will be reasonable about this. He always is. So I wrote my letter to Santa. Uh, and I think it was, like, in the middle of a couple of normal things. Uh, like a, you know, NSYNC CD or something, and uh, some Victoria's Secret thongs, and uh, Tamagashi, you know, I don't know what the thing was, just like, it was like sandwich, so I thought maybe he would just slide past it, it would seem like a normal request. Um, and I didn't get a letter back from Santa, which is great, because that means that all of my requests were accepted, there were no, there were no alters. Yeah, and um, so, uh, for Christmas, I, I got up and uh, under the tree were all the Santa presents, and I opened all of those first because I knew one of them would have my thongs to make me an adult woman. Uh, and they were there, and my mom was like, well, I guess if Santa says it's okay, you can have a thong. It's not, I don't, but if Santa says that you've been good enough, I guess, for thong underwear. To be a little naughty. <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's like a Santa's Right? It's like a sweet thing that she did, but it's so creepy. Like, as a kid who was still believing in Santa, like, Santa was buying me, like, sexy underwear. But I was more just like, yeah, like, so excited about it. for the next 25 years. <laughs> Meet Peter. 
Peter works at a tech startup, you know, one of those offices that has its own beer on tap and a game room with Guitar Hero and real guitars. Peter also studies improv at the Upright Citizens Brigade in New York. In fact, he actually starred in a comedy show last year in which he didn't speak a single word. So the greatest uh, day of my young life, my 23 years of age, was December 24th, 1997. Now, I think uh, I mean, this might be different from a lot of people, but I actually like Christmas Eve more than I like Christmas. Um, Christmas is obviously great. I love the whole fact that the world seems to be quiet for a day. That's very nice. But the excitement of Christmas Eve is something that I carry like in my blood because the Johnston family, where I did my last name on my dad's side of the family that is, lives mainly around Philadelphia and surrounding Delaware County, is we would do a Pollyanna, which I recently learned is based off of the doll and not some weird Irish word that I thought it was. Yeah, it sounds like a multiple Anna. Yeah, yeah, Pollyanna, like Pollyanna was this doll, and the whole, obviously you've done Secret Santa before, it's a yeah. Secret Santa. And I loved Secret Santa as a kid. I didn't really have to worry about getting a present for someone because my parents would just be like, oh, you're going to get your cousin Beth uh, this present. But I loved the fact that with, parent pre with parental presents, there's like obviously a limit. Maybe it'll give you like one big gift, but for the most part, It'll be like the whole, it'll, they'll give you a series of gifts that add up to a general experience. So it might be, you know, some that's equal to its parts, whereas that, that's not the way to use that phrase. But <laughs> at the Pollyanna, because you were getting your present from like a cousin or your aunt or uncle, they could go all out. Mm -hmm. They were only giving you one single gift, so they could really go all out. So I'd always be super excited. We'd always go to my uh, Aunt Maureen's, Aunt Maureen, which was so exciting. We would travel at like six o'clock, you know, in Philadelphia when it's dark, and we'd go out to Delaware County, like 45 minutes away. We'd travel along the highway, and then you'd begin to notice that the lights got dimmer, and there were larger fields. And then we'd go down the famous Lumpy Bumpy Road, a road of which was lumpy and bumpy, and very <laughs> exciting for my young stomach at the time. <laughs> and what would happen is we would get there and you know, you'd go and meet up with your cousins. I'm the youngest of the first generation of like there must be at least like fifteen um, Johnston cousins within the first generation. My older brother Andrew is the second youngest. But for the most part I was very much the youngest, so in the time that we're talking about in nineteen ninety seven, I was the main event. I was, any excitement I had was the world's excitement, which is very nice to have as a young kid. Loved being the center of attention. And on this particular night, um, we go in, you know, my mom brings petty fours from Viking Pastry in Philadelphia. Everyone's eating them, you know, everyone's eating dinner, stuff like that. And I'm just sitting at the dinner table eating like mac and cheese with things like 30 other people just being like, I know that something special is going to happen tonight. It's Christmas Eve. Everything happens. That's anything that's ever been special will happen on this night. And so while my Uncle Joe's complaining about the validity of the U.S. women's softball team's Olympic win, I catch wind that my Uncle Michael, who lives in Chicago and who would occasionally come out, that he was the uh, purchaser of 
my present. And I had some previous presents that I had given other cousins and aunts and things like this. This is gonna be good. <laughs> I could not, I cannot tell you how excited I was like, he lives in Chicago in this foreign land that I've never been to, the furthest east I've ever been, and the furthest west I've ever been, you know, was like Harrisburg, which is like two hours. So this is something big. He was from a mystical land. And so then we get to presents. And let me tell you, they did like some bullshit pleasantries. Not like bullshit, but like in my six-year-old brain, I was like, let's get to some. Why is someone getting dessert? Why is someone getting whipped cream? We're here for presents. So I'm waiting patiently just beneath the tree where I see the present that is clearly marked for Peter, clearly marked for the special child of this very special occasion. Sitting there looking around, and this explains my neuroses for now, my impatience, because life is present and I'm always waiting for it to be open. That's not actually true, but like, what a metaphor for my life, and patience would that be? I tear open the paper, and in this box, I see the world's most perfect gift. And I lift it up to the sky, and I scream, Buzz Lightyear! Buzz Lightyear! Oh my god, it buzz Lightyear! The greatest gift from the greatest animated movie that had come out in recent years. And let me tell you, I was on the verge of straight up vomiting. I was so excited. <laughs> Running around, still in the box, going like, Shh, Shh, It was the closest I will ever be to Mick Jagger at a Rolling Stones show. Because I could not have been more the belle of the ball. They were going, ah, it's and even like the sort of cynical like older teenage cousins were like he's having a lot of fun and I'm having a lot of fun too it was the greatest day of my young life that's a wrap on episode two thank you guys so much for listening thank you we wanted to thank in particular Aji Kelly for giving our original score which he also wrote a nice holiday flair we'd also like to thank David White who's an actual audio engineer who assisted us with some of the issues with our sound quality thank you thank you you're a rock star um you are someone who could actually make a podcast yeah very qualified uh, thanks to our guests, our three amazing guests, Amanda, Peter, and Brandon. If you're interested in following their moves, you can follow them on social media. You can go to their shows in New York um, or L.A. Uh, you can find their info in our bio. And if you have any ideas for our upcoming episodes, any story ideas, send us an email, overwaterpodcast at gmail.com. Email us. Happy New Year! Happy New Year!